Unless otherwise indicated, Ratchet Book Club is intended for a mature audience. Viewer discretion is greatly advised. Welcome to Ratchet Book Club, we're, where we read hood classics and good classics. And I'm Derek. Um, <clears throat> this is basically the the wrap up, the synopsis, the 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 the, the finale, the the reunion show, if you will, for uh, the first book in our series, the first series uh, in our podcast, um, Quan Mills' Old Thought Next Door. And I was ready to talk about, you know, what happened from chapter to chapter and just really sum it all up and talk about that and all that kind of good stuff. But fuck all that. In this book, she's talking about, um, there's, a, there's a section in this book, like chapter six, where she's advised that she has brain cancer. And um, she's told this by uh, a, her doctor who tells him, her that he's going to get her in touch with an oncologist. Um, then when she finds out she has brain cancer, like they, they fast forward to six months later and six months later, her hair is falling out. She's losing weight. She can't take but a few steps without getting tired. You know, all the things you think would actually happen to somebody who has brain cancer. And so when we find out later on in the book that she doesn't even, first of all, Old Thought Next Door is about an old woman named Vernita Washington. She is 76 years old. She likes dick. She likes it a lot. Turns out she likes ladies too. She likes a whole lot of things she didn't know she was open to, but she's okay with it. She also likes to smoke the reefer. I didn't tell y'all this, but once, but reefer in this book was spelled R-E-E-F-U-R. I didn't say it the way that it should have been said because I was trying to, it was the first book I read on this show. Just wait, niggas. Reefer. Um, she likes the reefer, she likes the Hennessy, and she likes dick. And so she gets them all in large amounts. And in the first chapter, she is fucking with a nigga named Markel and his homeboy Will waiting for him to come through. They come through. Uh, it's basically a way to establish that you better not call her old. Even if she's 76 years old, you better not call her old. You better just call her 76 years and then just cut the rest of it off. She's 76 <laughs> redacted. But, um, so, yeah, no, no, fuck, fuck that. Fuck this summary. Fuck you if you wanted to hear it. I'm sorry, but <laughs> Dr. Newman, 
the white doctor, the oncologist, the one that she's so mad about and all that kind of stuff. He's not the first one to tell her she has brain cancer. And I really had to go back and look at that because I was like, wait, didn't Dr. McKnight, the sexy uh, chocolate doctor who she was trying to, you know, she was having feelings for, wasn't he the one who told her she had brain cancer? Isn't he the one who diagnosed it? Isn't he a young boy? So why is this on Dr. Newman when Dr. McKnight is the one who told her she had brain cancer in the first place? How is he diagnosing that she has brain cancer anyway, that quickly? I mean, even when I go to the doctor and I go to a cardiologist appointment and I get an EKG and all that kind of shit and I get the x-rays and the CAT scans and whatever else they may have to do to me, it takes them like four or five days for them to get back at me and tell me, you know what, this is what's happening. Your test came back clear. Your test came back this. This is what's going on. When you go get lab work done, it takes them a four or five days to come back to you and be like, all right, this is what the test results said. Well, it's gotten better now. You know, I got I got this group that will tell me, send me online messages and I got an online app that'll tell me all my shit and I can set up appointments online and all that because I'm bowling, but that's just me. Most people have to wait like four or five days and even worse, some people have to wait and get that letter in the mail and they're just waiting like seven whole days <sighs> waiting for that shit to come to them. How she find out immediately, like within 30 minutes of taking the, 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 the CAT scan, they see that she has brain cancer. And so that 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 pissed me off. That pissed me off. Like you putting this all on uh, Dr. Newman, who we never even really get to talk to or get to meet or whatever it may be. She tells him that she's gonna get a second uh, a second opinion on the shit. She never goes. That's on her. She never went to get the second opinion. If she had went and got the second opinion, she would have known that. Okay, maybe I ain't got this shit. But she didn't. Dr. New or Dr. McKnight in chapter seven did not say you might have brain cancer. He didn't. He didn't say there's a chance that you have brain cancer. He didn't say that we found a small tumor and so we're going to do a biopsy. He didn't go through any of the steps. He just went from here to you have brain cancer. That's what I'm mad about. To reread it, you have brain cancer, huh? I'm not doing no voices right now. I'm literally just, my face twists with confusion. I had to have him repeat what he just said. I just knew he didn't say what I thought he said. Miss Washington, unfortunately, we suspect you have brain cancer. The radiologist detected a large growing tumor on the right lobe of your brain. It spreads to the point where you become a systematic, symptomatic, which might mean you might be a stage three or possibly four. He did that. Dr. Newman didn't get off that nigga's dick. Like, yo, Dr. Newman took the information that you already gave him. You literally served him cancer on a platter. So he's already going with the mindset of I'm looking for cancer. I'm an oncologist. It is my job to actually fix cancer. You saw cancer, Dr. Uh, McKnight? All right, cool. Let's, let's go. Let's get her taken care of. It's a badass hospital overall, but Dr. McKnight gets no blast back for this shit. And that irritates me. Accountability is a big thing. Um, so 
okay. She's fucking uh, Will and Markel. She finds out that they have sex with each other, that they're bisexual, and she freaks out for a second, then she stops, which is good, because I wasn't for that shit. And then she goes with her homegirl to the hole in the wall. Uh, her homegirl, Alice, tells her that, you know, the hole in the wall is, even though it's a stepper's lounge, the guy that they're, that she's going to introduce um, Vernita to is 47, because she only fuck with them young boys. She's 76. She only fuck with them young boys. You got to be like, preferably in the 20s. But if you're in the 30s, that's cool. If you're in the 40s, you pushing your luck. And so she goes to the hole in the wall with them. And um, it's a bunch of old folks that she ain't feeling. So she dips out with this uh, young girl and they get ready to go to another club uh, when uh, her, she gets a call from somebody who's like, hey, where you at? And it turns out it's Percy, her other other husband. See, she was married to a guy named Clarence and her and Clarence got old together and Clarence died. Um, and while Clarence was getting old and sick in the hospital, she was out fucking around with whatever was moving. And one of the people she was fucking around with was this dude named Percy who was a thug nigga because that's what she likes. Even though that's what she likes, I don't know how she hooked up with Percy, but you know, or how she hooked up, hooked up with Clarence, but that's neither here nor there. Anyhow, so she hooks up with Percy and then Percy ends up going to jail off of an armed robbery bit. And so she marries him while she's in jail and he gets out of jail six years later and she done married this nigga and then immediately stopped having contact with this nigga. Like, why? Why would you even marry? You know what? I don't care how good the dick is. It ain't marry me, dick. It ain't. Not off one smacker. Nah, nah, I fuck you once and you you want to get married? No. No, no, no. You don't you don't marry the thug niggas. Like what? Isn't that a rule? Anyhow, I didn't think the thug niggas married people. Um, but then again, he was in prison and he thought that you know they probably would have let her through anyway. They probably thought she was a nun or his grandma or something. That's neither here nor there. He gets out of jail and he's looking a little out of shape because he's been in prison for like six years and now he looks 40 instead of 38 because he was 32 when he went in. And so he comes home and he's like, where were you? Why are you dressed like you was in the club? You cheating on me, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, nah, let me run you a bath. And she goes to run him a bath and he falls asleep. So she's about to get in the bath and he comes up behind her and they fuck. Um, and then while they're fucking, Markel comes to the door and starts banging on the door and 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 uh, Vernita thinks she about to be a dead motherfucker because uh, Percy talking about how he got the blicky and he know how to use it. He got the blicky. He knows how to use it. Oh, the blicky. Sorry, but uh, he calls it the blicky, the blick, the blickster. Um, you can look him up on Blickstagram. Um, I'm sorry, that last one was bad. I apologize profusely. Um, and so he goes to the door, blicky in hand, and he looks through the peephole, and it's Markel, like we knew it was Markel, but it turns out this nigga Percy was in prison with Markel, and who would have thunk? the kawinky dink of it all. Like every time you think she's in danger, she's not in danger until she's in danger. And then the whole shit just goes sideways. So Markel comes in and he's like, yo, I left my, um, 
my, my weights. I need to get those extra weights that I leave here uh, for our home workouts. I got another client and I need them. So he picks up the weights and whatever, and he dips out. And then he moves to Atlanta, like magically, deliciously, um, he moves. Uh, and Percy uh, and Vernell go back to, or Vernita go back to bed and they get back to their fucking. And so then um, the next day, Vernita literally wakes up on her Jill Scott shit, you know, um, Except, you know, she made them some breakfast, made him some breakfast, uh, catfish, pancakes, hot links, two scrambled eggs, um, grits, like, like she made him a dick down spread and, uh, he woke up and was like, I ain't eating none of this shit. She, he literally ran past the way the white kids run past in eighties movies when they're late for school and shit and just grabbed the orange juice while they're running out the door. And she was like, where are you going? Why aren't you eating? And he was like, I got to go see Markel about that job. And she should have been happy the nigga was going to get a job. But nope, none of that. So she's like, well, fuck this nigga then. Um, and she's sitting there still in her kitchen cooking. And she sits down for a second and she passes out. She forgets where she is. She's like, what am I doing? Where am I going? Why am I here? Who am I? Like she literally starts to forget stuff. And that's the next thing that happens is that she passed out. And when she wakes up, there's black smoke in her house and they don't know what's going on. And her neighbor comes over and he's all concerned and she's scared. And that's when she goes to the doctor's office. But they find out later on in the book that she doesn't have cancer. Like, let's go ahead and get that said right now. She doesn't have cancer and they, they, also find out that the medication that she's been taking for a shaky leg has been causing her to have this huge sex drive where she's fucking around with all these random people. But what they never actually go back and find out is why she has a moment where she literally forgets where she is and who she is, because that still sounds like Alzheimer's or dementia. And they never touch on it again. They never actually talk about it again. That happens to her because there's a point in time where after she finds out that she, um, she thinks she has cancer. She finds out that her homegirl, uh, Alice, uh, is getting married to a nigga named Lamar. Uh, and then Alice has a heart attack. And so she goes to the hospital with Alice, or she goes to the hospital to see Alice. And while she's there, she sees Alice's daughter, Charday, who's crying and, 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 and get up. Um, and so Lamar shows up at the hospital, but when she sees Lamar, when, when Vernita sees Lamar, she realizes that she fucked Lamar like years back, years before uh, Alice had even known about Lamar. She fucked him on a cruise. So um, she runs out the hospital and she's like, I can't be around this nigga because if Alice wakes up from this medically induced coma, she gonna be like, yo, what happened with, why, why'd you run? And, and she gonna have to tell her about, um, her and Lamar and, and she didn't want to hurt her friend's feelings. And I was like, you know, y'all are both old. Like y'all ain't even grown. Y'all, y'all, y'all gruel. Like y'all are old as shit. And there should not be feelings about 
something that happened years prior before you even met somebody. That's some teenage shit. That shouldn't have happened. Uh, so Alice goes back home and um, her and Percy are broken up at this point in time. Like I said, everything seems to work out for her where they have sex once and then they just disappear. Uh, Markel moved to Atlanta. Will, we don't know what happened to him. And Percy found him a young girl and got her pregnant. So he dipped out after choking uh, Vernita out and, and threatening her and all that kind of shit. Vernita uh, was just making fun of Alice a little while prior to that because she was like Alice, uh, her husband, beat her like a trained slave and all that kind of shit, like a runaway slave. Turns out Vernita is a hypocrite and also very, 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 very petty. Um, so then they're talking six months later and um, Alice picks Vernita up and takes her to Papa Do's. And uh, Vernita is commenting on how great uh, Alice looks and all that kind of stuff until Alice tells her that she's getting married and all of a sudden, Alice goes back to just being a fat bitch. Like, seriously, just petty shit. Um, that's when Vernita um, talks to... Vernita finds out that she's so mad about this shit, that she's so irritated that she don't even want to eat no more. So she gets taken. She asks to leave the restaurant they're at, which is Papa Do's, which Vernita says is a richer version of Red Lobster. Like, oh, shit. Um, and so she goes home. She doesn't eat a bite. She goes home and throws her food directly into the trash. Um, and she decides that she's, she wants to live. So she going to get a second opinion because uh, this is literally six months after Dr. McKnight told her she has the, the brain cancer. She going to get a second opinion because her cracker of a doctor she had, she didn't like any damn way. Um, and so, yeah, she finds out after that, that um, she was going to go out to the club and, and get her, you know, get her groove back. Um, and she meets a nigga in the club who looks really good. His name is Terry. And Terry also has a friend named Lacey. And Terry and Lacey want to have a threesome with Vernita. So uh, Vernita's not really up on that yet. She's not really good with that. But then Terry slips her some X, we think. We don't know because they never actually, she, she dwells on it for a second. And she's like, you know what? Whatever he gave me, it was good. So she don't really care. I mean, honestly, I understand. I understand. If you like 79 and you're going to die soon anywhere. You think you're going to die soon anyway. Do crack. Experiment. Go rob a bank. Life is really fleeting for you. Like, go do it. Just do it. That's, that should be the next Nike commercial. Go rob a bank. Just do it. Um, but Lola and, and Terry take her back to a hotel room where they bang her out. Like, they they give her lights. Like, she she's thinking that she's back, y'all. She, she's having a good old time uh lola goes down on her for the first time in her life and she liked that too and she showed me her boobies and i like that too mama um and so she felt like she got her groove back she go back home she falls asleep she hears a lot of noise coming from the next door house that is empty this is where the book starts to go a bit sideways um 
the next door house, which is empty, she hears a lot of noise coming out of it. The townhouse has been empty for years. And so somebody's finally moving in and she goes over to find out what the fuck the noise is about. She sees some Mexicans and she don't like Mexicans until she sees Mr. Juan, who's a sexy ass Mexican. And he comes over and talks to her and she's like, hey, can I have your card? Because you get me wet. And also um, I have another spot out of the area that I, I want to move some stuff to. And so your moving company can help me out. And he's like, yeah, sure. I'll give you my card. That'll work. And she goes back into her house and masturbates, thinking about Mr. Wan and all that kind of stuff. Um, like I said, the doctor hits her up and he's like, yo, you're, this medication makes you have a sex drive that is like major. Um, and so you need to go ahead and stop doing that like soon. Um, and she's like, all right, I'll stop doing it. And she stops taking the medication and she starts to feel really depressed and just all dried out and shit like that. And shit goes sideways and turns out that she's fucking um, addicted to the pills. So, you know, she, she goes back to taking them again and she takes four instead of taking two for the first time coming back to them. And all of a sudden her pussy starts tingling uh, and she wants to literally uh, just go wild. And she goes out to her car because she's going to go to the gym uh, to get her workout on. She ain't been to the gym in like three days. So she feels so fat. And so she um, goes to get in her car. And while she's getting in her car, she sees her next door neighbors, her new neighbors that she never got a chance to see before. And so... Um, She um, meets her new next door neighbor who is, her name is, the fuck is her name? A gold tooth wearing woman from Memphis named Rodessa. And Rodessa also has purple weave in her hair and, and, and Vernita's looking at her all like, who the fuck are you? Like you, you, you a hood ass bitch. Like you old, but you probably get down. Like I get down, but I'm judging you because you wear a purple weave in your hair and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, Rodessa tells her about how, uh, her and her husband, uh, sold all their businesses in Memphis. Like it's a really elaborate story. Sold all their businesses in Memphis to come up to Chicago, which I don't know why you would do that. It's cold in Chicago. But, um, and then uh, Ricky comes out the door, her husband, uh, Rodessa's husband, uh, and gets into the vehicle and, or is about to get into the vehicle and Vernita sees Ricky and the four pills she took got her ready to drop down on her knees and suck his dick in the middle of the snow covered uh lawn or driveway or whatever um and Rodessa sees it you know that that she's that Vernita's looking at Ricky like he a whole ass snack and she don't like that shit and so they uh speed off um and after that uh Vernita goes to the club or goes to the gym uh and she's on the treadmill um, and she gets tapped on her shoulder while she's on the treadmill and it's one, Mr. Juan, the, um, moving company owner. And he's like, yo, what are you doing here? And she's like, I'm doing the treadmill. Duh. What are you doing here? And he's like, well, I box. Um, and she's like, Ooh, you a boxer. Now I'm really super wet. And he starts talking nasty to her, starts talking dirty to her, whatever it may be. And she's talking back to him. And then, um, 
she turns back around again and a uh, to get back to work, even though she's really thinking about Mr. Wan beating her shit up. Um, and she gets, she hears somebody saying, excuse me, is everything okay, ma'am? And she turns around and there's a, a personal trainer standing behind her and Mr. Wan has disappeared. And she's like, yeah, everything's fine. Why the fuck are you talking to me? And he's like, well, because you were talking to yourself. And she's like, no, I wasn't. And he's like, yeah, I watched the whole thing. She was like, I wasn't talking to myself. My friend was right there. He went to lift some weights. You crazy. Get off my dick. And so he walks away because she lambasts him. And she goes into the locker room to splash some water on her face, which the thing she does. And while she's in the locker room splashing water on her face and getting dressed, getting ready to uh, getting ready to leave out, uh, Mr. Juan is in there. And he's like, he's like, yo, you look sexy as shit. Why don't you go ahead and drop it down on my face and get your eagle on? And she's like, all right then. So she strips down uh, off, out of her her uh, shorts and her panty draws and sits on his face and he's uh, sucking on the clit like a real nigga should. Um, you know, not too much pressure, but enough pressure to let them know that you in the house. You know what I'm saying? So um, he's like, yo, I'm loving all this. What I really love is if you pee on my face, which is water sports, you know, people have that fetish. It's a thing. Um, and she's like, I ain't never done that before, but okay. And she pees on his face and it runs all over the, uh, the floor of the gym locker room. Um, and as she's getting her groove on and she about to climax, she's rubbing her nipples in the whole nine yards. Somebody runs in and says, what the fuck are you doing? Cause she's screaming, fuck me, Mr. Juan, fuck me. And she hears, ma'am, what are you doing? Um, and she realizes with the shock that there is no Mr. Juan underneath her gyrating uh, pussy. She just been squatting down, getting her eagle on, uh, pissing all over the floor of the locker room. And the gym manager and a bunch of other workers came in there and saw her doing it. So they call the cops and she gets arrested. And she doesn't get charge pressed against her because she's old. I'm, I'm figuring that's the only reason. And or it's because those folks are fucking voyeurs and they got a show and they're like, you know, we can't really charge her for that kind of shit. Like we were sitting there watching her fucking do it instead of fucking, you know, giving her a fucking privacy, turning her back, something like that. Like she was pissing on the floor, but y'all, 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 y'all nasty. So they don't press charges on her. So she gets out the uh, cop car. They tell her that be, even though they ain't pressing charges, your fucking membership is canceled, which makes sense. You know, I'd rather get canceled. I'll go across the street and tell them that I just moved here from Brooklyn and they won't even know that I piss on your floor. So deuces. Um, and so she goes to back to her house. Um, and then she finds out that um from Dr. Chang Lee, who's literally the best doctor in this whole book. He ain't lied to her once, not at all. Uh, he's been real calm and cool and talking to her while she's talking rest, reckless to him about suing your ass and all that kind of stuff. Um, but he tells her that the medication that she's been taking not only ups her sex drive to like a billion, but it also makes her have hallucinations, uh, which, um, yeah, she freaks out about that. She twists it. She goes into her kitchen to get lit. Um, and so she stops taking the medication. Um, and then she finds out that um, 
well, before she starts taking the med- stops taking the medication, she goes back to her house and she dashes into her bathroom uh, because she still needs to touch herself thinking about Mr. Wan, because again, she still got these four pills inside of her. Uh, she dashed into her bathroom, her bedroom's bathroom, thanks, Quan. Um, and when she gets in her bathroom, she flicks on the light switch, but she sees Rodessa staring at her in the mirror. Uh, so she freaks out thinking that Odessa's in her house and she's ready to fight the old crazy bitch. Um, but when she gathered herself and stared at the mirror, Rodessa was just standing there. Uh, she didn't see, Vernita didn't see herself at all in the mirror. All she saw was Rodessa. When she raised her right hand to see if she was real or if she was hallucinating again, Rodessa rose her right hand as well. Um, and then she looked out of the window of her house at, at Rodessa's house, and it turned out that the house was still empty with a for sale sign up on the lawn. Why this all happened, I don't know. Like, that means that she imagined Mr. Juan the entire time. Does she have his card? Like she should look. She should look in her purse. You might have hallucinated everything that happened here, but if he gave you a card, that is tangible proof whether or not you're tripping and they never have her look. She just gets a call from Dr. Chang Lee and tells him about how she's having hallucinations freaking out. And he tells her to calm down. Yeah, the medication's gonna make you do that. So stop taking the medication. And he stopped, ta- she stops taking the medication and he referred her to a psychiatrist as well, which they got her on some antidepressants and all that kind of good stuff. Um, and so two weeks after that, she's like, praise to God, I'm going back to church. I'm not like I used to be. I'm not like these, these, uh, I'm not like my sin and self because God is still able, like a million church women are, a million church goers are, let's be honest, church men too. I'm quite sure that y'all all did some freak ass shit. And now y'all in the church, like, I ain't like that. I ain't been there. I ain't never going back. Um, and so she's um goes to see alice finally two weeks afterwards because alice is out the hospital she goes to see alice see how she's doing after the heart attack and all uh, and while she's going to see alice they're talking and alice is telling her about how she loves her and she's her best friend and all that good stuff and um vernita finds out that lamar uh is a multimillionaire. he played basketball in the 70s those two things don't add up at all uh he played ball in the 70s and he's a multimillionaire, like a 20 millionaire type person which again nope doesn't work for me um do your research basketball players don't make that kind of money in the 70s um so vernita's like you know what i gotta tell her i gotta tell her i gotta tell her and right when she's about to tell her about uh vernita and lamar uh alice goes up to the bathroom and for some unnecessary reason she goes upstairs and has like a full-on blowout in the toilet just hella diarrhea and farting. Like, I don't know why he put that into the book. It's not even necessary. It, it brings nothing to the book at all, except to bring Alice down again. Uh, so Alice comes out and Vernita tells her about uh, herself and um, tells her about herself and Lamar having the sex fling before Alice even met Lamar. Uh, on the cruise that Alice knew about. So she knows the exact time that this happened. She knows the exact everything when this whole thing played out. And Alice's response is to call Vernita 
basically everything under the sun except for a child of God and then tell Vernita that not only is she a punk motherfucker, but Alice had sex with Vernita's husband, Clarence, all the time. Like she was fucking Clarence up and down the block and Clarence's dick was good. It might've been small, but it was better than what Vernita thought because Vernita got this dry ass cooch and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I can prove it because Clarence had one ball and his right ball, and I used to lick on that every night after he got done eating my ass, and he ate my ass, and he would come home and kiss you. And on top of all that, Clarence had a kid, but it wasn't by you. It was by me, and the child's name is Charday. and Alice is on, like, 50. She ain't even on one. She on, like, all of them. She don't really push this way too far, and it turns out that this woman who's a church-going everything and, and this woman's best friend and all that kind of stuff who's been showing no inclinations just out of nowhere, just goes from zero to ratchet real, real quick. And so Vernita can't bear to hear that her husband had a baby by somebody else and that the baby is somebody that Vernita's been having conversations with while she's been worried about this woman's ass. So she pushed her down the stairs and now Alice is dead and that's the end of the book. At least we think Alice is dead because they literally end it right there and you got to start part two to find out what happens next. But we're not going to start part two for a little while because the next thing we're going to be doing is uh, the coldest winter ever. Uh, out of a five, I, you know what? I ain't even going to rate the book. I liked it. I liked it. For all of its issues, I liked it. I've read worse books. I've read better books with less issues. I've read better books. I've read worse books with less issues. I liked it. It was, it was a hood. It was a hood book. So um i'm hoping that y'all enjoyed it too like i said we're gonna go ahead and get started on um the coldest winter ever that's gonna take a while like i might be doing uh more than two chapters uh to get that one out there because that is a a lot of pages i mean not for me i read i do that shit. i read the harry potter series them books had like 14,000, 1400 pages in shit. but you know Thank y'all so much for listening. I greatly do appreciate it. If you uh, leave a review, please, if you listen to the podcast, please leave a review five stars, um, either on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast at. Uh, if the place where you listen to the podcast doesn't allow five stars, just go to iTunes and leave a five-star review. Um, I really do appreciate it. Um, check us out on Twitter at Ratchet Books. Uh, where our email is wretched and ratchet at gmail.com. You can hit us up there as well. Um, I hope y'all have a wonderful day. The next series is coming up shortly. Um, y'all be good. We'll holler at you later. Peace. and outro to Ratchet Book Club is by That Kid Garan and it's called Goodbyes. You can email him at tkgbeats94 at gmail.com for more information on how to lease this beat. This is Single Simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.